anyway. <laughs> anyway, thank you. That's all I got. <laughs> but so for the new year, you know, everyone has their resolutions, and I don't really have any. I was telling Mona and Jim, I don't have, I mean, it's the, just another, it's a new year. It's a new day. Every day is a new day. We live in a new world. We're a new creation. We have a new tongue. We sing a new song. And so with that, um, I, I had an old memory pop up on my Facebook that I've said before, like at New Year, I resolved to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's still what I resolve to know, because when I do know that, then I have the image of the new man that comes out. And so this year, I just want to endeavor to know and, and encourage you all to know who you are in Christ. Still, that is a foundation that I think a lot of believers don't realize and when you know your identity, then you can start living well in the new year. And Colossians 3.10 says, You've already put off the old man and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So when you want your new man to show up, you renew yourself in the knowledge of him who created him. And, um, but... He is renewed every day, and it's, it's the awareness, it's a knowledge. You recognize your old man was crucified. He died once, we died once. We don't identify any longer with our old man trying to renew him in a new year. Okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And that's okay to have healthy um, goals. You know, we want to eat better, exercise, and do those things. But we just don't want to lose our focus and that we are a new creation. And when we get to know who we are in him, the fruit of those things we're trying to come across he is, he's already doing that because the root is love and that when love happens, then it just changes everything. And so then that happens. And so when you renew your mind, you're aware of the, of who you are. You're not created after the last, the first Adam, we're not created after Genesis when it starts, but at Calvary in the last Adam. And he says the last, because there's not going to be another, he is the one. And so I just encourage you that you have already put off, you know, that's a whole series you can talk about being crucified and all that, and we know that, but be renewed in the knowledge according to the one who has created you in true holiness and righteousness. We are created in righteousness, peace, and joy. You have Holy Ghost living on the inside. He's the one that helps us walk in wisdom every day, walk in that new man comes out. We want to be that reflection. So that's what I endeavor, and I pray that you all do the same, is just to want to know more about who you are, what you have in Christ. Amen. And so happy new year. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Judy, would you want to come? Judy asked if she could give a testimony this morning about a miracle. I think when we hear these um, encouraging words of miracles in people's lives, it builds our faith up uh, to believe for the miracles that we need. I just want to say praise God because my daughter-in-law, Becky Doge, I know some of you know her. She's been fighting cancer for three years. Well, she's went to chemo. She's had radiation. She went back into remission, but then it all come back. She had radiation and chemo again, but she couldn't finish because it was so bad it was burning her insides up and damaging everything. Well, we got together on Christmas. Well, she's been in bed for six months, couldn't even get out of bed. And went there for Christmas. And she told me, she said, something's up. She said, I feel the best I've felt in three years. So she went, she called her doctor, and they sent her in for an MRI real quick to see what was going on. Well, the 
doctor get come back with good news said that she couldn't explain it because she was in really bad shape that it god was with her he gave her a miracle the tumor of cancer was gone and her inside was healing itself <laughs> so i just want to praise god and say he's miracle working god <laughs> that's awesome amen thank you judy for sharing that I'm sure they're happy about that at the Job household, and we want to rejoice with those that rejoice. Amen? Amen. Would you do me a favor and stand to your feet one more time, and as you do, would you just take three deep breaths? Would you just take some deep breaths? My friend Jonathan texted me this morning, and he said, as part of this Living Well series, it's like having fresh air. Breathe it in from the Holy Spirit. Right now, <laughs> some of you are doing your zen not sin, zen. And as you stay uh, on your feet, if we could put the first scripture on the screen, let's look at 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse number 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. Now I can see. But what is unseen is eternal. Let me read that again before you're seated. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You may be seated. Father, we refuse this morning to tolerate the poison of unbelief in our hearts. I pray that you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, Open our hearts to believe and our minds to receive this morning the living word who is Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. If you didn't have your Bibles, get your Bibles out and open them or your smart device. And um, would you earleaf the page at 2 Corinthians 4.18, make a note in your phone if you have a ribbon in your Bible, put a ribbon right down the middle of your Bible this morning. And Mark 2 Corinthians 4.18, Lisa has written it on the uh, little kiosk in the back for us. I want you to grab a hold of this scripture. I want you to see that there are two powerful truths in this scripture that we're going to talk about as we dive into this Living Well series. So over the next few minutes as I share with you, I trust that you can see the picture that uh, Holy Spirit wants to paint that will bring clarity to you about how the Father really feels about you this morning. Anybody want to know how the Father really feels about you? Not what you've heard some preacher say about you. Not what you feel in your own heart that the Father feels about you. But I want to paint a picture of what the Scripture says the Father really feels about you. Are you interested in that? I think it's important for us uh, to know so that the point of our teaching is not, I'm not trying to coerce you or corral you into our belief system, but I am trying to give you a positive perspective in the new year about how you can live well when you can begin to see what the Father really feels about you and has says about you because if you're like me throughout your lifetime, you've probably judged yourself based upon the law. I guess I'm the only one. Or you've judged yourself on someone else's measurement 
of what you should be like, feel like, and act like. But I want us to start judging ourselves based upon what Jesus has already done for us. Come on, somebody. Because he's already done so much for us that if we can live out of Christ in us, uh, we will live well in 2023. You've heard us say it before, but Lisa and I believe that we have a mandate to help displace fear and to declare freedom over your lives. And so we do a, a, the best that we can to help remove grave clothes. Jesus is the life giver, but he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and said, you remove his grave clothes, loose him and let him go. So all that we're going to try to do in this Living Well series and as we go throughout 2023 is to help you continue to displace that fear and to declare freedom over your life and that as you can have the grave clothes removed, you're going to hear us say this a lot and I want you to get it in your hearts and mind that you'll have eyes to see, you'll have ears to hear, you'll have a heart to receive, you'll have a mind to believe and you will have a mouth to proclaim all the good things that God has done for you, but as long as your hands are bound, your feet are bound, your eyes and your ears are bound, so we want to loose you and let you go. 2 Corinthians 4.18, two powerful truths. The first truth deals with the things that are seen and temporary. And then the next truth deals with the things that are unseen and eternal. Uh, if you don't have any paper, maybe you should get some paper out or maybe you can do it on your phone or ask somebody next to you. But on the screen, we're going to draw a line. See the line? And above the line, we're going to put the unseen and the eternal. Okay? And below the line, we're going to put the seen and the temporary. If you don't have a literal piece of paper to draw this on, in your mind's eye, get this picture that you have a line drawn in the middle and above that line are the things that are unseen and eternal and the things that are below the line are seen and temporary. Now, of course in life there is not this literal line that's drawn in life. There's no such thing. But these two realms do coexist with one another. The seen, or I'm sorry, the unseen and the eternal are going on right in the middle of the seen and the temporary. Can I say it like this? Like God, you and I are a spirit. And we have dual citizenship. If I could show you my passport from this morning, it would show you that I'm a U.S. citizen. But according to the scripture in the unseen and in the eternal, I have a citizenship that is not of this country that is in the heavenly realm. So I am existing in two places at one time. And you say, preacher, you're crazy. No, because to be, uh, we are seated with Christ or actually in Christ in heavenly places. So as my spirit as is already in that unseen, uh, it's the kingdom. It's an invisible kingdom. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I am here on this earth. I can touch. I can feel. I can hear. Jesus understood as he walked on the earth this concept and he said, I am the son of God and I am the son of man. 
two realms. He was the son of God from the invisible realm, the kingdom realm, but he was the son of man born of Mary, both at the same time, seen and unseen, temporal and eternal. Is this clicking with you? So again, there's no such thing as this line, but we're doing this because as humans, we think in concepts, and this concept, I think, is going to help us separate the unseen from the seen, the eternal from the temporary. So let's ex- let me explain these two realms to you. In other words, above the line, in this unseen, in this eternal realm, it's changeless. It never changes. It's timeless. It's not bound by time or space. It's the realm of the spirit. It's the realm of God's absolute truth. It's the realm of ultimate reality where things are done, finished, and settled. If it's settled in heaven, then it should be settled in our hearts. It's a finished work. It will never be any more finished than it was when Jesus said it's finished, it's done, it's complete. It's the eternal realm that's defined by the word now. It's the realm of supernatural faith and it's the realm of the invisible. Jesus said that Well, Paul said in Colossians that Jesus was the exact representation of the invisible or the unseen God that dwells in that above the line realm. But then there's the realm below the line, and that's the seen. It's the temporary. It's the natural realm. It's the realm of created matter. It's bound by time. It's bound by time. It is the realm of Sowing, growing, and reaping. It's the realm of life and death. It's the realm of process and activity. It's the realm of the past, the present, and the future. It's the realm of facts, whereas the realm of the spirit is the realm of truth. But in this life, in this reality, in this realm, it is the realm of the undone activity, process, and need where we see, hear, touch, taste, and feel. Both of these realms are real. Can I get an amen? Do you understand that both of these realms are existing right now simultaneously at this present time? We are both in the unseen realm. If the, if the line would be removed, let's call it the veil. If the veil would be removed right now, you could see into that invisible realm that is existing right now where there are spirit beings, angels. The presence of God could be seen in that invisible realm. But we can see each other. We can touch each other. We can hear each other. We can feel um, the touch and the warmth of someone near us. But both of these realms are vitally important because God created them. He created both the unseen and the seen. Now the seen or the temporary is a true realm and it's important. Why is it important? We live in it. We are living right now, for a lack of a better illustration, in the realm below the line. But we can also live in the realm above the line. Uh, And if we do live in that realm above the line, I believe that we will be able to live well in 2023. Anybody want to live well? One realm is greater than the other realm, however. One realm is greater than the other realm. 
Why? Because that veil has been removed. That wall of partition has been taken down and our eyes have been opened. And But Paul gives us, and, and I'll say it this way, we are to fix our eyes on the realm above the line. But where do we spend most of our time? With our eyes fixed on the realm below the line. We've, we've got our eyes fixed on the situation. We've got our eyes fixed on the turmoil and, and the cancer and the, the financial situations. Why? That's, that's where we live. We can see it. It touches us. It affects us. But with spiritual eyes, we fix our eyes on the realm above the line. I'm not denying that we're living in this realm. I'm not denying that things happen to us. I'm not telling you to not believe that if you have a pain that it's not really there. It's just a figment of your imagination. That's not what I'm telling you. But I am telling you there is a difference when you view that situation with your eyes fixed on eternal and the unseen rather than the seen world. You know me, I like questions. I like to give you a question. Uh, I, I don't, like I said there at the beginning, I'm not trying to corral you or coerce you to believe what I believe. So I will ask you questions and not necessarily give you the answer, but give you some resources and some information that you can take and you can search for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you that might bring you to some type of more questions. It's all right to have more questions than answers. Did you know that? But here's the question. Here's the big question. How do I fix my eyes on the things above the line? How do I get my focus shifted? How do I move into that realm from the realm of my senses to the realm of the spirit? What is it that propels me from living below the line to living above the line? Well, here's something that I have recognized, seen, become aware of, and that is that most people are living their lives after the but. I mean the conjunction. Did anybody remember the old Saturday morning cartoon, Conjunction Junction? What, see, I, I like this because I remember growing I, I didn't remember how old Frank was, and I asked him yesterday, I said, do you, do you remember that old Conjunction Junction? And He's old too, so he remembered that, you know, the and, the or, and the but, those are conjunctions. Uh, the and means both. It's this and that. The or is either or, either this one or that one. But the word but negates everything that preceded it. So whatever, let me give you an example, you'll like this one. You know Jamie, he's a nice guy. We're blessed to have him as our pastor. But, so now everything they're going to say after the but negates that he's a nice guy and we like him as our pastor and they're really going to tell you how they feel. You know, he dresses weird, he talks too much. <laughs> Thank you. The fact is... Most are living after the but. And we begin to say things, even believers, unfortunately, typically put the but in the wrong place. I know that sounds funny. 
and they say things like this. You know, I know God loves me, but it, but it doesn't really seem like it or feel like it. Have you ever said anything like that before? I know I have. I know Christ is my sufficiency, but I don't feel that I have what I need to make it in life. Uh, I know that God promised me wisdom, but man, my life sure is confusing. Here's a good one, and this is probably uh, a truth in most of our lives at some point. I know that by his stripes I'm healed, but why am I sick all the time with all this pain? Below the line, above the line, how do we shift our focus? How do we get our eyes fixed? Um, is If we continue to put the stuff before the butt, we're go- where are you living then? Where, where do we end up living? We end up living below the line in the junk, in the stuff. Uh, you're, we're living in the circumstances, and the only thing that you can hope for is a change in the circumstances. But what if the circumstances don't change? Anybody ever prayed and prayed and asked God and maybe even begged God to do something? And it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen? Or when you wanted it to happen? The thing is, even if they don't change, we still must learn to live out of the life of Christ within us and not out of our own response. That's because we are in that realm of the unseen and the eternal. You haven't learned to live above the line if, as long as you're going to keep your attention focused on the temporal. Grace Life, it's now more than ever that we must move from below the line to above the line, especially if we are going to live well. Now, I, I believe that God has blessed us. I believe that the, the finished work of the cross is a reality in our lives. I believe that uh, it's a finished work. It's a done deal that we are being blessed coming. We're being blessed going. You can't curse what God has blessed, but I still know that there are battles, trials, situations, loved ones that you want to see saved, healed, set free, own situations in your own life taken care of, whether that's financially or whether that's a relationship that needs to be restored. I believe some are even seeking out relationships. They want a companion. They want to get away from this loneliness. I know that there's many that are still going through grief and stuff. So we now, more than ever, we've got to move from living below the line where our eyes have been fixed on the temporal and the seen and we've got to start living above the line. Do you know the adversary doesn't care how much God talk you do? Especially if you've got got God after the butt. You you can say all those things. I, I, I know God loves me, but. I know God's my healer, but. There's a name for putting God after the butt where he should be and putting the stuff before the butt. It's called the holy butt. (laughs) You all are going to remember this message all year long because we've been talking about holy butts in church. And I'm talking about the conjunction. Make sure you know that. (laughs) Here's some examples of people who understood 
the holy butt. Let's go with our favorite one and the one that we should always pay attention to. Jesus understood the holy butt. Luke twenty two forty two, he's in the garden. He's agonizing. He's agonizing to the point of sweating. Then his sweat becomes great drops of blood. Some say that maybe he was depressed and he was discouraged. He had the weight of the cross in front of him and upon his shoulders. He was getting ready to take the sin of the world upon himself that they would be nailed to the cross. It was going, he was going to complete and finish the work, but he's still being the son of man in the here and in the now, in the, the realm of the senses, said, I, I don't know if I can do this, Father. Watch this but he knew where to put the butt. And if you look at Luke twenty two forty two, 42, he says all of these things, and I'm paraphrasing it, of course. He says, but not my will be done, but your will be done. See where he put all of the stuff and all of the junk and the temporal and the scene and what he was sensing and what he was feeling before the butt. That he got his eyes focused on the eternal and on that spiritual realm. And then, see, you'll notice the difference. We can say things like, I feel weak, but God is my strength. We can say things like, I'm in pain and I feel sick, but Christ is my healer. I've got more money than month, but God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit will move us from the level of the soul where our thoughts uh, and our feelings reside to the level of the Spirit to allow the faith of God to arise in us and let Christ respond uh, to those situations through our, our lives. The second one was David. David understood the holy butt. Psalms 13, if you look at verses 1 through 2, he's, he's saying things like, How long, O Lord, will you leave me forever? Will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart. That's, that's quite a circumstance right there. It's a dark situation. That's a depressed man. It, it gets so bad for him that in verses 3 and 4, he starts begging God. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Should I, shall I sleep the sleep of death that my enemy gloats and uh, prevailing over me? Again, it's a terrible situation. But you can't stop with verses 1 through 4. You've got to look at verses 5 through 6. What's the next word? But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Do you see it? He put the stuff before the but and he put his trust in the Lord instead of having his eyes focused on the circumstance. He didn't deny that it was, wasn't there. He just put the butt in the right place so that the stuff didn't have victory over him. He had victory over the stuff through Christ. I believe that you can live well and become the victim and not the victor. You will be better and not bitter and you'll stop being a whiner and you'll realize you're a winner when you focus your eyes on the eternal. Let's wrap it up with Paul. Paul understood the holy butt. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Remember I told you to put your 
ribbon there or fold down the leaf of it. So we're going to look at verses 7 through 10 as Paul shows us this. And this is the one that captured my heart and my mind. He wrote, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way. Watch this. But we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Did you see it? Paul moved from below the line to living above the line. He Living after the butt, he put the trouble in front of the butt and God's word about us and how he feels about us after the butt. Does that make sense? Does that give you a picture of how you can focus your eyes on the unseen and the eternal and not be so focused in this realm of the senses where there are facts that may say you have cancer, Becky Job, but the truth is that God has already taken care of that and dealt with that and healed her of that cancer. When doctors say things like, this couldn't be anything other than a miracle, that's living above the line. Mm. So again, we're not denying external situations are going on, but we are denying that they have victory over us. It's time for us to apply the holy butt to our lives and to our circumstances. What do you mean? I mean like Joseph said in Genesis 50 verse 20, you may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. If you guys would come to the music. To solidify these truths in your heart, there's three keys that I won't be long, but they're going to be strong. Three points, quickly. They aren't long, but they're strong. Number one, get your mind right. If your mind is in the right place, everything will follow. Right thinking leads to right living. You won't live well if you don't think well. Dr. Caroline Leaf says that 83% of all sickness is in the mind. Again, she's not denying the reality of sickness, but she's just saying that the way that we think about our lives and about our bodies and about how they operate is causing a lot of the sickness, the stress, the unforgiveness, the bitterness that needs to be uprooted. And so we get our minds right, then living well will flow naturally out of getting our minds right. Number two, get your mouth right. Say what he says about you. Say it, speak it, declare it, repeat it. If you will uh, affirm it with your, the affirmation of your mouth, God will confirm it. He's already confirmed what he said. If we will repeat it and get our mouth right and start saying what he says about us, what the word says about us, I, you know, you may not like old smiley Joe Osteen, but he'll lift up your Bible and he says, I can have what it says I can have. I can be what it says I can be and I can do what it says I can do. And I believe that. 
It's the words of Christ that are truth. And when we hear them, our minds are right, then our mouth is right. See, we said, give us eyes to hear, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mind to believe, and a mouth to confess all the good things that God has done for me through Christ. Get your mind right, get your mouth right, and get your movement right. That's steps of faith. It's time to step out by faith on the truth of the reality of having our eyes fixed above the line on things eternal. It simply means that our belief and our trust in God leads us to take steps of faith with God. He has blessings and new opportunities in store for you. And to partake, to partake in them, you must take steps of faith with God. Stand to your feet if you would. Get your mind right. Get your mouth right. Get your movement right. So how are we going to live well in 2023? We're going to have to get our eyes fixed on Him. It's time for the church to boldly and confidently affirm what's already been done above the line. See, this is why I believe, this is why Jesus taught His disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, that's the realm above the line. That's the unseen, that's the eternal. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. That's the, uns- uh, that's the seen and the temporal below the line. So in your praying, the model prayer, that it's really the disciples' prayer. It's not the, the Lord's prayer. He was teaching them to pray, and he gave them a model to pray. Thy kingdom come. Do you know that his kingdom has already come and continues to come? And we can reach into that realm and pull those things into this realm that are already true. See, because we're citizens and we are existing in both the eternal realm and the temporal realm. We have to get our eyes fixed on the above the line stuff. It's time for the church to step out by faith on truth. And as you do, begin to declare the favor of the Lord over your life over the life of those that your family, your children, your companion, your business, your work associates, your church. Just begin to declare the favor of God as you fix your eyes on above the line. Well, Father, I pray that you will just continue to work in the hearts and minds of These are your children over the next few moments and even in this new year, this new week as we step into the work week ahead that we'll ask ourselves the question, how do I fix my eyes on things eternal? There's so much going on around me. There's so much going on in our world and in our country and in our workplace and in my own life. How do I fix my eyes? I believe Holy Spirit as the children of God ask these questions you will bring revelation to them of how to shift their focus into living above the line and living well would you take the next few moments as Frank just plays let that minister to you
Then I'm going to come back in just a few minutes. Just worship the Lord. Just lift your hands and begin to sing. Sing in the Spirit. Sing with understanding.